if you don't mind a tingling spine or a lump in your throat. If you kind of get a thrill feeling the hair stand up on the back of your neck or you just can't get enough of the eerie, turn down the lights, snuggle up with a blanket and keep your feet tucked up safe because we've got a story for you. It happened to a friend of a friend. <laughs> but I can't clap. I can't I can't do it. Okay. Anyway, hi. Hi. We missed a week. We did. Did you miss me? Did I not see? I, yeah, I didn't talk to you at all. It's been that oh. long? It's oh. Yeah, because we were supposed to put one out this past Thursday, so we hadn't seen yeah. each other. I was on vacation, so I was unable to miss you as much because... You were having fun? I needed a vacation. It's okay. I hope that you had fun on your vacation. Thanks, I did. Yeah. Just cottaging. Yeah. How's your life been? Good. Nothing crazy. Yeah. Lucas had his birthday, so we did birthday stuff, mm-hmm. and I don't even know. I don't even know what's been happening. The boys were at my dad's all last week, and they came back on Friday. Yeah. So it was a quiet week. I think exciting. You were just telling me what you did. That's it's not as fun on the podcast when we've already discussed it. I know. But no, like, I nothing's really happened. Like, it was a quiet week because the boys weren't here. Mm-hmm. We didn't do anything really this weekend. What did you do? Did you, like, deep clean your house? Did you? I did. Oh, you purged. You, you. I did. Yes. Remind me. I have that stuff for you. Okay. Oh, Yeah. I'm good that you glad you because I would have yeah, totally forgotten. You purged. You purged some stuff. Yes. Okay. But you bought some stuff. Well, I took a bunch of stuff to Once Upon a Child, and they frustrate me to no end because I washed all the clothes, mm-hmm. folded them neatly like they tell you to do. I went made sure there was no stains on anything. I cleaned all of the toys that I brought. Mm-hmm. I put them nicely in bins. I think they took like five things. Yeah, it's frustrating. And I like I hauled all the and I knew they were gonna take everything because yeah. they never take everything and I'm fine with that. Yeah. But I had a good amount of stuff. I'm like, they've they've gotta take yeah. enough of this. Yeah. Like, even the clothes. Yeah. And like, no, they I got forty five dollars. Which is that's which actually is good. pretty decent. Yeah. It's not bad. It did pay for the movie that Kevin and I went to the other night. But which I'm not saying because it's my throwback. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, other than that, I had a good purge organization day on Wednesday. Oh my God, I would kill for that. I love it. I know. Me too. Organizing is my favorite. I have to do a lot of stuff. I just, because I'm so far behind and like when I have a purge day, the kids are like at those ages where they go through clothes so quickly. It's like purge out the old clothes, fold and put away all the new clothes. Like it's, and then that takes my day and then I can't purge like Put your mic like right under here in the middle of your boobs. You want it in my boobs? Yeah. Because I'm just looking at your, your little sound waves. Sound waves. There, that they looks, still no, they still look small. No, that looks that looks bigger now than it did before. I was saving to tell you about the synchronicities because Okay, go. I got a puppy and right. you and I are always in sync and you were like throwing out the names that were in the contenders for my puppy's name. Whenever she's you still say, unnamed. Whenever you say in sync, I always try to think of song lyrics to an in sync song and I can never think of it fast enough because then we move on to something. And else. you can't just say bye 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 because I, I know. <laughs> I don't know sync songs. Sorry, I can't help. Um, and then I was, I've been like, I hired somebody who, who had worked for me for several years and she needed more hours. So she went to a different location and she was made my assistant. And so she started working for me and it's great because we get along really well and we have inside jokes and stuff, but we've been so in sync as well since mm-hmm. she's been back. And then I was away and I was back for a couple of days, but um she was like in the back one day and I went back there and she was like, oh, I'm having spaghetti. And then I started like Eminem went into the song and she did like almost at the exact same time. 
Ooh. And we're like, oh my gosh, we're so in sync. You're not replacing me, are you? Yeah, for sure. I hate you. No, but so um, <laughs> we've been having like just these weird synchronicities for because we've um, we're short staffed. So her and I've been working together for like the last four days. Mm-hmm. And this morning I was running late because I'm I've been exhausted and uh, I'm not usually late. I'm usually early. So I texted her said I was running late. And then like um, I was doing the bridge things. So I have to cross the bridge and I turn it and then the stupid Eminem song started from the beginning. <gasps> like, dun, 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 dun. like oh my I was goodness. like, and I just texted her and I was driving. I shouldn't have done this. But I was I like, you him. will never guess what just came on the radio. And he was like, mom, spaghetti. And I was like, yeah, I swear to God. Like, <laughs> it only takes me five minutes to get to work. But in that period, that whole song played. And I was like, that's so weird. I haven't heard that song forever. And then I got to work and like these weird things kept happening. So I was like pricing a kit and we do like a, what was a regular price versus what the price is now. And there was a, I had a price tag sitting out since the day before. And I was like, I don't know what this is for. So I'm not going to put it away because I might find like a set that's missing it. And then I priced the set and it matched the tag exactly out of nowhere. And it was a set like I pulled from a box from a thing. And I was like, oh my God, the synchron like the synchronicity is amazing. I was like, that's so like out of the norm. And she was like, did you just say norm? And I was like, yeah, out of the norm. It's just not norms. And she was like, I'm looking at a picture of my uncle Norm. <gasps> I was oh my like, goodness. oh my God, we have to leave each other presents immediately. This is a ridiculous day. But it kept going on and on and on all day like that. It was just bizarre. That's crazy. Yeah. I have the wine sweats. Yeah. I'm a little Still, warm. Yeah. Your house is a little warm, Sarah. Is it? It What's is. What's my temperature on? 26.5. Okay, I'm going to go turn you talk. I'm going to go switch. I'm going to fix the. I don't have anything to talk about um, besides I got an adorable puppy. She's unnamed. <laughs> she was actually came with the name Nancy from Stranger Things, which is pretty cool, but doesn't suit her. Oh, and we got Stranger Things puppy toys. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, so that was, oh, that was your air. I thought it was the storm that was supposed to happen. No, today. that's my air conditioning. You should name her Pepper. I like Pepper for a dog. I like Pepper for a dog, too. It just, uh, I don't know, I feel like it doesn't suit her. My son wants Lacey. Lacey is cute as well, but I like Pepper. I want Pepper Scout. Pepper just seems like a fun puppy name. It does. It, she is like a salt and pepper color. Anyways. Anyway, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. And this is... It happened to a friend of a friend. Yay! You I, didn't want me to say I'm Megan, did you? I don't know. I was going to start it. Sound like you just like... I jumped right in there. Yeah. I hope our fans didn't miss us too much because we took a break. I know. We, I, we, we lost our momentum. I don't even think we announced it because I think it was like we were trying to figure out when to record and we couldn't. So I we're know. like, yeah, we'll skip a week. Sorry, guys. We love you. We're still ad-free. Yay! <laughs> so you get that. Yeah. So I am doing... Okay, let me just start my monologue. Okay, Ooh, here we go. All right. <laughs> At the um, end of summer, I feel a natural shift to all things fall. I'm so ready for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so psyched. Yeah. I find As our... As my friend Shelly used to say, fizzed. Really? Because we would always read, like, the YM stuff. Oh. Like the embarrassing moments. And there yeah. was always people that would be like, I was so psyched to see my crush. And when she would read it, she read it, I'm so fizzed. fizzed. And the first time she did it, I'm like, what are you talking, like fizzed? What, what is that? Word? She's like, this word, fizzed. I'm like, that says psyched. Oh. <laughs> That's cute. That's how long you've been saying it. Ooh, YM. Yeah. Um, young and right there. modern. I did start 
following an 80s and 90s page on my Facebook and it's fun. Okay. Um, so yeah, I find our fall season long and pleasant and the sun and warmth often linger for a while. Sometimes it doesn't. That's beautiful. You yeah. should write greeting cards. Yeah. <laughs> I should. <laughs> so part of my late summer routine is the sh- like immediate shift into horror movies. Okay. So in summer, I do like a good slasher flick, Jaws. I have a fantasy about the Jaws and the pool party. And I've been wanting to do this for like two years. And I keep casually mentioning it to people with pools and shit. And nobody ever does this party. So if anybody, listeners, if you're... In Ontario, and you have a Jaws party, I will come. <laughs> I will shout your name on this. I, I'm not going to have Do you that know what party. that is? Do you know what the Jaws party is? Like where you like sit in a pool on floaties and stuff, and you watch it on a project, like with a projector? I don't know of that at people's houses, but I have seen it advertised. Like I think somewhere in Hamilton will do it, like yeah. on the water we, or something. We're t- we talked about doing it up at the lake. Mosquitoes are a bit of a problem, but it's like just seems like so much fun. This is like a dream come true. One time, me and my cousin watch like a Jaws marathon and we lived out by the ocean and then we went to the ocean after watching it we were like is it wrong we're just waiting for a shark to come up and eat these people that is wrong so it's like kind of like weird thing like you know when you're swimming in a pool and you're like oh my god all of a sudden you're like you believe that there's a shark in there and you have to get out of the pool or get out of the deep end it's like that or like somebody peed in the pool and you're like I gotta get out of here I gotta get out nope yep I just swim in the pee nope I just opened my mouth okay Anyways, part of my late summer routine is the shift to horror movies. And I just start going right into horror movies, ghosts, slasher flicks, everything, pretty much right now, this time of year. So, so this um, was starting with my new pup, and we started to rewatch Stranger Things because my husband hasn't seen it all and because of her name. Right. I liked it. Yeah. So then I kind of started like thinking about how, oh, I'm like ready for horror movies. So I'm going to talk about a murder that was inspired by Scream. This isn't the same one I did, is it? Did you do this one? I don't know. What is it? The Scream murders. The Scream murder. Is it the Gainsborough? No. Okay. It, no. Okay. It's not the Gainsborough Ripper. Okay. No. That's different. Okay. Oh my God. I was like, did you do this one? I was like, I'm pretty sure well, you did. Well, I did. I Because I did a murder that inspired the Scream movies. Yes. No, this is people who murdered inspired oh, okay. by scream okay okay all right okay. I, just, woo, woo. I just wanted to make sure i'm like we've done this no no <laughs> i thought you were like saying you did one today that was like yeah no 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 okay sorry okay. go ahead so because i love the movies and the franchise despite the current nev campbell injustice uh i don't know if you know that but they're not paying her enough money um and then i could also go on about how much i love matthew lillard and how he stood up for her I think we have gone off on yes, tangents about Matthew Lillard. I'm going to talk a little bit about the original ghost face. Ooh, okay. From Scream. Ooh, I think I know this. And spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Scream, stop right now. Go watch Scream. <laughs> well, we have some young listenership. So who Listen, if you seen haven't everything. seen Scream yet, you're not going to see Scream. So don't worry about it. No, go watch it now. It's good. Oh, I have a fun, my shorter story. So you would want to hear all my tangents. Okay. All right. Scream was one of the first. Wait, is this a fun fact? No. Just Scream was one of okay. the first scary movies I ever went and saw. and Or I ever saw. Like, I watched it at home with my sister. She, like, did this whole thing where she, like, made my cousin call our house and, like, scare the shit out of me when I was watching my first scary movie ever. That was it. Did you tell that on here before? Or did you just t- I feel like I've heard that. No. Wait, I probably told you. Maybe you just told me. Okay. And then I probably told you about my other traumatizing experience from my sisters. That's a story for another day. 
So one reason、uh, I'm going to talk about the movie killers is because I want to keep the no- notoriety where it belongs with the fictional characters, as opposed to the two teenagers. So、um, I'm not. I said I'm not. I'm not writing an ode to Stu, but I also think that he is vastly underrated. Yes, I love Matthew Lillard, but that's not just why. When I was younger, I thought I was going to be a filmmaker. Okay. And I dabbled with writing like um, um like a movie. You'd have to do movie boards or whatever. So for one of my classes, I was going to do a movie board based on a backstory of Stu, like his youth and like his desire to like become. A murderer because they don't do that. They do that with Billy, and then he's just along for the ride. But I think it'd be really fun to do like a, like a backstory for Stu、mm-hmm. and his disturbed childhood. I like it. Trademark. Anyways, but I am going to talk a little bit about、um, him as well. I feel like I'm not doing good justice. I hand like I wrote it like cursive, and I can't read. Oh my god, this is going to be a long episode. Okay. So blah, 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 remember, blah, I have to edit this, not you. I have to listen to your blip 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 yeah. Blah, blah, blah. So let me start out with Billy Loomis. So basically, his family is destroyed when his father had an affair. So he's one of the killers with Maureen Prescott. Scream three, spoiler alert! It's actually Sydney's half brother that gave Billy Loomis proof that his mother or his um. Father cheated with Maureen and egged him on into killing Maureen for revenge. And her half brother even says to、uh, tells Billy that he should get a sidekick to take the fall. Though、um, they were pretty successful and they had their own plan, Billy and Stu. So the plan was to never let him take the fall. Maybe they were just like had a kismet romance. I always thought Stu was more messed up though, because he just killed people for fun. That's what、Whereas、I mean. Billy at least had a reason. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you want to look at it that way, backstory, right? On、yeah. Stu, seriously.、Um, so revenge and bloodlust drove him to continue killing, and it took and it and he took it further by dating Sydney Prescott and then killing all of her friends and torturing her. So Sydney Prescott was Maureen's daughter. The basically that was the intent was to torture her and eventually kill her too. Do seems to be along for the ride. This is what I wrote, but you sorry jumped right in. We're just on the same page. <laughs> but there seems to be a lot more going on.、Um, he kind of had a lot of fun. They talk about motives being incidental and how they just enjoy it. The two don't really start murdering until a year after the anniversary of Maureen's murder,、um, and they don't seem related because. Obviously, there's a mask and phone calls and all this fun play. Whereas with Maureen, it was basically just a murder. So they in this in Scream they are obsessed with horror movies, which they talk about a lot,、uh, and they practically study them. They're always quoting them. Can you name? Can you do a quote? What? What? A quote that they quote from a movie in Scream because they、I、do that a lot. Off the top of my head, no, I can't. I'm sorry. So they do quote like、uh, scary movies quite a bit, and then. Sorry, you are all over the place. I know. Do you I even can't know read what's it.、Happening? I know. So, anyways, they practically study them. They quote them, and then I'm going to talk a little bit about the first scene and the first murder that they do post Maureen, and you can kind of see exactly where、um, the real life killing that I'm about to talk about comes is like directly related to it, and like how it sounds very familiar. So basically, they dress up. In the fun ghost face costume, 
they um, wait until um, Stu's ex-girlfriend. So it's also interesting that it's Stu kills, they kill his ex-girlfriend and his girlfriend. Like you said, something psychological is definitely going on. Right. But they, they wait until she's home alone. And then they call her asking her if she wants to play a game and basically do scary movie trivia. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want to play along and they kind of make a threat to her um, under their breath and she kind of catches on to it and it's weird. Um, but then they ask her to turn on the lights in the back pool area, like in the backyard. And when she does, her boyfriend's there and he's tied up. Right. Um, they force her to play this trivia game. She answers a question wrong and they kill him. Right. Then they go after her, eventually killing her. That's kind of one of the scenes, and you're going to see sort of how this played out in this murder. Okay. So Brian Draper was a young teenage boy. He was sort of obsessed with Columbine. Okay. Columbine killer. He So these guys weren't total outcasts. They weren't necessarily popular. But he had fantasized about gaining notoriety by doing a mass murder of classmate, his classmates. Tori Adamchik, Adamchik um, was really into horror movies and he kind of had the same ideas and desires to kill somebody, but more based off of the horror movies. And basically together they made a lethal combination because they wanted to do the same thing. So they um, decided that they were going to do it. They wanted to be the idolized serial killers. And they would talk about it all the time. And they were going to kill people sort of like the Scream movies so that they could dress up and taunt them and they wanted to be famous for it they ended up actually making a list as well so a list of people they wanted to kill they had a murder list and they started planning on how they were going to do it so they made a list of friends and classmates they wanted to kill and then chose one and made a plan and uh again this is like when you do it it's so annoying and now i know and then they do cursive for your notes they, anymore. They actually videotaped them making their plan okay. and talking about their plan. People never in, videotape yourselves in making but horrendous they, plans. They wanted to be famous eventually for doing this. So they thought Ugh. that they went out in a blaze of glory when their videotapes were found. You know what I mean? Like they Dumb. wanted it. They even like later on in their other videotapes talk about the FBI. Like FBI, if you're getting this, you're too late. Like Dumb. Yeah. On September 22nd, 2006, they decided to follow through. So that very day, they tape it as well. And originally, they were actually planning on going to somebody else's house and killing this girl first, and then moving on to their other plan to kill um, two of their friends. Ironically, it's terrible, but there's a quote where they say, like, they're our friends, but they have to be sacrificed anyways, which is pretty fucking horrible. So they went to the first girl's house and she wasn't home. So then they went to their second plan. So Cassie Jo Stoddart was 16. She was really smart. She was a straight A student. She was kind and friends with everybody. And she was really mature and responsible for her age, which is one of the reasons that her aunt had asked her to house slash animal sit for her one for a couple of days. This provided a great opportunity for Brian and Tori to commit their perfect murder to play out their fantasies. Right. So the teens went over to meet up with Cassie and her boyfriend, Matt, at this house, at her aunt's house, which was kind of um, more out in the woods. It was in a more secluded area. I don't know if it was out in the woods, but it was a more secluded area. Because of course it was. Yeah. Perfect, right? Yes. Um, I don't know if you noticed that Cassie sounds like Casey. 
I did notice. And that Casey also was the first victim in Scream that I just talked about, Casey Becker. And she also lived in a house that was a little bit further removed. So they met up with uh, Cassie and Matt. Like I said, they were actually their friends. They hung out for a bit. But then um, when Cassie went to put on a movie, they were like, we would rather go to the movies. And they left, air quotes. So they didn't quite leave. Before that, they went and locked one of them, I forget which one, went downstairs to the basement and unlocked a door so that they could get um, back in the house later on. So they said they were they were leaving. They went back to their car. Um, I think they parked down the street. They put on gloves and masks um, and all black clothing, got some knives and came back. So they went through the door that they unlocked, went into the basement, cut the power. Okay, so they were basically thinking by cutting the power, somebody would come down and check the breakers and either or both together and that they would then be able to torture and kill them. But neither came down. So I don't know if they turned the lights back on right away, but um, at some point they turned the lights back on and they started like breaking things. There were a couple of ashtrays that were broken. They were trying to make noise to lure, lure them down, but they didn't come down. Matt actually ended up calling his mother, asking if he could stay the night because it made Cassie feel uneasy that there were like sounds coming from the basement. And the dogs were like, barking at the door, I guess, apparently, according to Matt later on. But um, Cassie said, oh, oh yeah, so he called his mom to ask if she would stay, could stay the, or if he could stay the night, but the mother said no. Mm -hmm. But Cassie was more than welcome to go back to their house and stay the night. Cassie, having the responsibility, didn't want to leave the dogs overnight, so she said no. So Matt eventually left, um, and they had, I think that they had heard this conversation downstairs about, about Matt leaving, and so they just decided, like, oh, since... He isn't coming down. They'll try again with Cassie and just kill her. Blah, blah, blah. They cut the power again, but when Cassie didn't go downstairs, they came up. Matt actually even called them to hang out because he was going back home. So he was, I guess, like not out in the middle of nowhere. He could hang out afterwards. But they were in the basement when he had called, still waiting to go up and kill Cassie, which is really disturbing. They went upstairs and they took turns stabbing Cassie about 30 times. Oh, my God. 12 That's were a lot of times. 12 were fatal and one struck her right in the in her right ventricle, like the one to her heart. Right. I like you drew a little picture of a heart. I know. So that you would know. Yeah. <laughs> that I could read. I don't like to talk about like people's dead bodies, but she was found with her arms up over her head, which is really sad. They left and about uh like on their way, they started filming again. So you can YouTube this. And they're basically like, holy shit, we just killed Cassie. Like, oh, I just killed Cassie. I watched Little Life Drain, blah, 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 blah. You know, like kind of that posturing. Like this is still on YouTube? Yes. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, you can watch the pre to it and the after, basically. They went to the movie. So they filmed this. Then they went to the movies and bought tickets to a movie. And then like, they had like a sleepover. Probably just went on and on with their adrenaline. Um, the next day, Tori and Matt... Uh, even hung out while Matt was trying to call and get a hold of Cassie. Hmm. Yeah, that's really sad. The following day after that, so two days after the murder, um, Cassie's 13-year-old cousin was the one who, so they came home, the aunt, the family came home, and her 13-year-old cousin was the one who found her body. That's sad. Yeah. So because Brian and Tori were the last to see her, like some of the last people to see her alive along with Matt, because Matt still lived. If they had killed Matt, he might not have been able to say like, oh, they were at the house, right? But mm -hmm. they weren't, didn't really think it through. And I think in their previous, like 
previous planning videos, they were like, who cares if we get caught? Like, this is part of it. We know we're, we're gonna be famous. So they were questioned and they said that they were going there hoping that there was gonna be a party there, but when there wasn't, they went for the they went to the movies and that they even had tickets for the movies. But when the cops asked like, okay, what movie did you see? They didn't know what movie they bought <laughs> tickets for. So they eventually confessed and turned on each other, right? So like Draper said that Tori did it and he was really into it. It was only supposed to be a joke. Tori said that Brian was supposed to do it. I said like Draper, but Brian Draper. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so I'm using a first name and last name because I'm super confusing today. And then, <laughs> yes. It's taking really long, too. Shut up. <laughs> My story's short, though. I'm almost, like, I'm done. Oh, okay. So um, Brian, so three days after the murder, Brian Draper took the police to the evidence where they found the masks, the gloves, the knives, in the video, which was pretty damning. They both received life sentences plus 30 years for conspiracy to murder. Um, so life's for murder and then um, plus 30 for conspiracy. They were minors. So it's unusual for minors to get life in prison mm-hmm. um, because the statute, the age or whatever. And they they opened up a, a chance for people to appeal that for minors in the state they were in. So Tory tried to appeal it, but the sentence was upheld. And that's it. They're still in jail. Wow. Not as notorious, I think, as they wanted to be. So good. That's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Can you believe, like, I just was so inarticulate. It was that fucking sangria you gave me. And it's my good. writing. It's good sangria, though, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Side note, remember before okay. we talked about how people who, like, mur- some of the murderers have stutters or acne scars? Yes. Oh, uh, um... Tori had a stutter. Oh, yeah. No. You know what that is? Brian had a stutter. One of them had a stutter. I'm pretty sure it was Brian. You know what that is? What? A fun fact. Oh, because Because fun facts are fun. Bing! I wish, like, they could see our face (laughs) when we do this. We're so excited. We are. Okay. We look like adorable little chipmunk cartoons. I know. Okay. So I have references as because I always do. Yeah. So it's allthatsinteresting.com. I use that one too. Oh my god. Okay. Wikipedia, <laughs> ranker.com, cbsnews.com, and AmericanHauntingsInc.com. Ooh, hauntings. Yes. Okay. Ready? <laughs> All right. Now I'm I am. Sneezed. Okay. Oh my gosh, you have to say bless me. Now I'm possessed. Bless you. Okay. There's a movie that came out in the 90s that you may have heard of. Seven? Yes. Yes. That's with the number seven as the letter V, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know this film is with some guy named Brad? Pitt? Yeah. 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 Okay. I know seven well. It's a great movie. I know. I like it, but I also get a lot of anxiety at the thought of watching it because of the unsettling scenes of the victims. Oh, I like like it? No. I I I like like it, it. but I'm also like, I can't, I can't, I watch. Okay. It is an unsettling psychological movie. It is, yes. Now, if you've seen the movie, and maybe if you haven't, you know there's the scene towards the end. Spoiler mm-hmm. if you haven't seen this 27-year-old movie and somehow have never heard of this twist. Go. Where, w- stop. What? Turn this off. Yeah. Go watch uh, it. We know you already did it and watched Scream and can't get through this episode, but now go watch Seven. Or you just don't care about spoilers. Anyway. Um, so anyway, there's a scene where Brad Pitt is presented with a box by the now problematic Kevin Spacey. And you know there's... Problematic. Problematic Sorry. Kevin Spacey. and Which is... An understatement? Problematic. Yes. He was problematic. Yeah. But now I also can't enjoy so, Seven. So was Ted Bundy. And now I can't enjoy Seven because Kevin's basically. Yeah. 
Um, and you know there's nothing good in it. And he keeps asking the iconic line, "What's in the box? What's in the box?" Anyway, I can't do it. Very good. What's? It's a good. It's a good. He should have. Did he win an Oscar? He should have. I don't know. Just you know, it's his. It's his wife's head, and she was pregnant. So yeah, it's crazy. Anyway, you're probably wondering why I took you on this journey. I always have a reason. I like to set a stage. What? We did not synchronize the fact that we were both going to do movie synopsises at the oh beginning God. of our thing either. Look at us go. All right, go ahead. <laughs> anyway, I like to set a stage. Um, the case that I'm covering is called The Boy in the Box. So obviously I kept repeating Brad's words, what's in the box, in my head the whole time. The words and lyrics, I'm the man in the box by Alice in Change. Alice in Chains also could have been, also got stuck in my head. I'm the man in the, I'm not going to sing. Um, you should sing, but you're also fucking up your reading too. So suck I, it, Sarah, but I or always, getting on me. But I always mess up my reading, yeah, so well, that's not new. I'm sorry, I'm so perfect the rest of the time. Yes. Also, fun fact, why? Because fun facts are fun. Bing! Brad Pitt fought to keep the ending with Tracy uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's head in the box. And his character killing John Doe, Kevin Spacey. So he fought for that ending because oh. I guess they wanted to make it different. Like it was going to be a dog's head in the box uh, or something like no. that. Pretty intense. Yeah. Um, there were alternate endings, but Pitt wanted it to be frightening and his character acted out of passion rather than doing the right thing of not shooting John Doe. Anyway. All right. Enough tangents. Let's get to the main event. Philadelphia, 1957. A muskrat hunter was out in a park uh, checking traps he had sent a few set a few days earlier. While looking through a thicker part of the bushes, he noticed a cardboard box. It was just haphazardly tossed on the ground. At first, he didn't think much of it. A box isn't super interesting, but like many of us, he was curious if anything was in it. What was in the box? I'm getting there. I had to ask another dude. Okay. When he opened it, a chill went through him. In the box was the body of a dead boy. The boy was naked and wrapped in a blanket. However, instead of going to the police, he went back to hunting because he didn't want the police to confiscate the traps he had set up. What the fuck? Yeah, so he pieced out of there. A few days later, a college student was chasing a rabbit through the same area. He apparently knew about the traps and wanted to make sure the animal was safe. <laughs> That's some shit I would do. Well, I'm getting there. This is a sweet story. However, it's also been reported he was actually a peeping Tom and he was on his way to a nearby school to spy on the girls. Oh, that's me too. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. So whichever version version you choose to believe, he also stumbled across the box. He was hesitant to go to the police, probably because of the peeping factor, but decided to report the finding the next day. The investigation began on February 26, 1957. The box the boy was found in was from J.C. Penney and was said to... Um, at one point contain a bassinet. The boy's fingerprints were taken and it was estimated that he was between three and seven years old because he still had all his baby teeth. Because of the young age, police were sure someone would come forward to identify him. Unfortunately, that was not the case. No one came forward. When no one came to identify the young boy, media attention put the story into the homes of more people. The Philadelphia Inquirer printed 400,000 flyers with the likeness of the boy. These flyers were sent out and even included with different utility bills, like gas bills and water bills and stuff. The body of the boy was said to be malnourished and was covered with surgical scars on his ankle, groin, and chin. His hair was said to be recently cut as small clumps were found on the body. Uh, Police combed the crime scene with over 270 members of the academy, but little else was found. 
A photo was also recreated of what the boy may have looked like, um, just with like regular clothes. Like it's just a similar, like a kind of a school photo where he's just like sitting up and smiling and stuff like that. Despite all the efforts by police, the young boy was never identified. Five months after the discovery, authorities buried him in Potter's Field in Philadelphia. Some of the detectives who worked on the case collected money to put up a headstone that read, Heavenly Father, bless this unknown boy. In 1998, the boy was exhumed to extract DNA through a tooth. He was reburied at Ivy Hill Cemetery in Philadelphia in a donated plot. The words on the new headstone reads, America's Unknown Child, and residents of the city decorate it with flowers and stuffed animals. Oh, that's nice. Okay, I know this sounds like the end, but it's not. Oh. There are many theories about the case, so buckle up for a Google rabbit hole search. Not really, though. The theories are pretty easy to find. Okay. So here we go. Or come up with. Yeah. Theory number one. A woman may have bought, abused, and killed him. Bought? Yes. A woman named Martha came forward years after the boy was found and claimed that her mother bought the boy and brought him home. She claimed her mother was abusive to the boy, whose name was said to be Jonathan, as well as to her, like the woman telling the story. Mm -hmm. She said her mother kept the boy in their basement. Martha, or M, as she's also known as claimed the boy was beaten badly. His death was also ruled a blunt force trauma to the head. Okay. That like that was uh what Martha said or Martha, that was the actual like his actual cause of death was, was death okay. was blunt force trauma, but Martha was saying or M or whatever was saying that his her mother beat abused him. the boy okay. um and beat him. After throwing up his dinner <laughs> one night of baked beans, he later died in the bathtub when her mother when her mother was bathing him, because I guess she was also being very violent and stuff like that. She said her mother hastily cut the boy's hair to conceal his identity and then had her daughter help take the boy to the field. Police looked into these claims because his feet and hands were wrinkled as if they had been in the water and there were beans found in his stomach. And these were details that were not made public. The story also corroborated um, by confidential testimony given by a male witness in 1957. I guess there was a guy going, like, driving down the road, and he saw the two women and asked if they needed help, and they were like, no, go away. Okay. <laughs> when authorities investigated, however, they could not find anything linking her with the boy. Neighbors also said they never saw a boy living there. Police also worried about Martha's claims because of history with mental illness. Now, this is my own side note. Just because a neighbor never saw a child doesn't mean there wasn't one in an abusive home. Also, mental illness does not equal liars. But I'm not an officer working the case, so what do I know? Yeah, like, how many times, like, do they say, like, somebody was a murderer or whatever, like... And they had, like, five people in their basement. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I never knew! I never knew! Okay, theory number two. He died accidentally in a foster home. The most popular theory comes from Remington Bristow, a Philadelphia medical examiner. Apparently, a psychic told him the boy was from a home that had been used as a foster home by a husband and wife. After going to the home during an estate sale, he he found a bassinet similar to the one that would have been in the box the boy was found in, and on the clothesline, he saw blankets similar to the one the boy was wrapped in. He believed the boy belonged to the daughter of the woman, so the stepdaughter of Mm -hmm. the man, who ran the home. It said the boy was hidden away because he was illegitimate and died accidentally. The boy was disposed of to hide the fact that the girl was an unwed, unwed mother. There's also some suspicion the stepfather of the girl was the boy's father. So he was like oh. sleeping with his stepdaughter yeah. kind of thing. 
Although there was a lot of circumstantial evidence, there was not enough actual evidence to link them. Side note, some of the articles reported the stepdad and stepdaughter eventually got married. Ew. Okay. <laughs> okay. Theory number three. I mean, I'm not judging listener if that's your life. Anyway. I don't know. Anyway. Who knows? Theory number three. The boy was raised as a girl. Investigators believe this is why the identity has never been determined. There is no theory as to how the death occurred, but it explains why the hair was cut. Apparently, evidence also showed the boy's eyebrows were plucked at some point before or after he died. Um, it's, and it's theorized someone tried to alter the appearance to be more feminine. Um, some people also think this is why, like going back to the, the Martha theory, mm-hmm. That's why the neighbors may not have known that there was a boy living there because he yeah. was raised as a girl. Maybe. Anyway, that just goes without. Maybe that person was trying to do it to make them just look different so they wouldn't get right. linked. Right. Now. Over the years, other theories have emerged, but after investigations, they have been debunked. The only thing we know for sure is this little boy was left alone, and from what can be seen from the condition of his body, he was not treated well. He was not loved and had a traumatic short life. And that's the sad story of the boy in the box. And I was very sad while I was writing it because obviously all I can think of are my own two poor children that I would never do any harm to. But just to think if someone else did and let them out in the cold. Thanks. I was so depressing. I just want to You're welcome. I definitely think the first story was right. You think so? Yeah, I believe it. Yeah. I believe it. Well, I don't know. It was debunked. It was The first one was debunked completely? Yeah, like they've just never pursued it. No, but that's not debunked. Debunked is like, oh, it couldn't have been because she was in Texas. Yeah. No, I think it was because, like, the whole mental illness thing. I think her story was just untrustworthy. and I know, but that doesn't mean it, like, couldn't have been plausible. Right. There was beans in the stomach and wrinkles on the hands. I anyway, that. let's go on to something more positive. What's your throwback? My throwback is bicycle accessories. Like dinging bells, like, and like uh, those those things. The, yes, the, the things on the wheels. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Yes. When they progressed from putting like a card in yeah. the tires to those things that go on the wheels, the and the like the uh, streamer thingies yeah. on the end. Lucas has lights on his wheel. See, it's exciting. He's got lights. Bicycle accessories we had as children. That was it. That's my throwback. It is fun. My throwback is Wayne's World. Oh, that's what you guys saw. Because Kevin and I went to go see that on Friday at Cineplex. I love Wayne's World. We were the only ones in the theater. <gasps> Fuck off. Yeah, it was amazing because we could like sing along to the songs and recite the words. Who doesn't go see Wayne's World? I know. Because we were going to go see what's the one with Brad Pitt, Bullet Train or whatever. Because yeah. we were going to go see that because they're like, well, it's the only thing really out that yeah. I haven't seen. And it looks kind of okay. And then Kevin was going down the rest of the list, and he's like, I'm like, what's the retro flick? Like, usually there's one that's, like, a throwback movie. Mm. So he's looking at it, and he had, like, this smile come across his face. He's like, you're not going to believe what it is. I'm like, what? He's like, it's Wayne's World. I was like, oh, my God, we have to go. Yeah. I'm like, I could totally watch it for free on something at home. Yeah, I know. It's still fun. But, yeah. That's That's also something we had in common. We both went to retro movies this week. We did. I went on Thursday, and you went on Friday. Yeah. Weird. I know. Synchronicities. We have to stop singing. It really puts people off. People love it. I bet yeah. they love it. I bet you they I bet you they like when they hear they, fun they facts wish, on other podcasts, they sing. They sing they sing the bang part. Yeah. All right. Well, 
Anyway, we're not superstitious. But we're a little stitious. Don't sue us, the office. Bye. Bye.